Well, welcome to the Empower Church Podcast. Thank you for joining us today. We hope this message inspires you, encourages you, and ultimately empowers you to influence people and transform cities. Enjoy the message. Thank you, church. Thanks, Paul. You can be seated tonight. Man, I'm so excited for the Word of God. Who's ready for the Word of God tonight? So good. Love church, love our 5 p.m. service. I really sense, um, yeah, God really wants to move through this word tonight. Uh, I really even just feel his presence just as we were worshiping and, and as we really just were leaning into what God has. Like, there is a reason why you came to church tonight. And uh, God God truly does want to speak. And I'm excited uh, because we are talking about promises, our series of promises. And um, I want to continue this series tonight. And uh, Pastor Paul really did bring an amazing word this morning on uh, the promise of peace. Um, And I encourage you, go and listen to it if you were not here this morning. Um, And I want to talk about the promise of peace as well, but I want to take it from maybe a little bit of a different angle. Um, That's why I encourage you, you can still go back and it will be really helpful. It was a really powerful word. So um, peace is actually mentioned uh, 329 times in the Bible. Uh, this word peace, and I believe if it's in God's Word, I believe it's, it must be something pretty important uh, to God's heart. And uh, as the people of God, we are actually set apart from the world, uh, God's chosen people, to be a people of peace. Um, we are actually called to be uh, the people that would go into our workplaces, into our city, and be in unanxious presence in the midst of chaos, in the midst of crazy, in the midst of the hustle and bustle of this world. And we're called to actually hold the peace of God wherever we go. Uh, and I want to ask tonight, well, when you might be thinking, well, what peace does God offer that this world doesn't offer? What, what peace is kind of better in Christ or in the church or living this life? And uh, There's this word in Hebrew uh, that kind of depicts this word peace. And the thing about the Hebrew is that it's fully loaded uh, with so much more. Where peace for us might mean a ceasing of conflict, where there might have been, you know, tension, or there might have been a little bit of chaos, or there might have been like a, a wind and waves kind of story. You know, we see Jesus in the boat with the disciples, and he calms the waves, and then there was peace, and, you know, he said, peace, be still, and then it was still this word in Hebrew for peace actually means so much more. It's actually the word shalom. And you might have heard this before. Uh, you know, Jewish people say this all the time when they're greeting someone or maybe when they're finishing a conversation or finishing a meeting with someone, this word shalom or shalom. And the, the meaning for shalom is actually harmony, wholeness, completeness, prosperity, welfare, and tranquility. This word is peace. It has so much more to it. And I would say this word shalom actually surpasses our definition of peace. It actually means so much more. And and I believe tonight that God wants His church to live in shalom every single day of every single minute, of every single second that you live this life. And it's not wishful thinking. It's not a lofty thought that's like, oh yeah, can you really have peace at all times in all places? I want to let you know, for the believer, yes, you can live in it. So I want to talk about tonight, how can we live in this place known as Shalom that God offers His chosen people? Because you and I can live in it. Uh, The title of my message tonight, church, if you're writing notes or you want something to 
get your memory back to when you can hopefully remember this message later, is holding peace in a worried and hurried world. Holding peace in a worried and hurried world. I do have an alternative title as well. Um, because I thought it kind of fit, and this was kind of like, oh, do I put it in there? I'm like, yeah, it's kind of corny, so I probably won't. But my alternative title is, Jesus was not a runner, but he did win the victory. Uh, so feel free, do what you want with that. Chuck it out, write it in there, whatever. Uh, why don't we pray as we get into the Word of God right now? So, Lord Jesus, God, we come together as your church tonight, and I pray and we pray together, God, that we would just hear your Word. We would let it get into our hearts. And God, we would walk in your peace, God. I pray, God, if there's any anxious hearts or souls tonight, Lord, I pray that you would just come in and move on every heart. I pray, Lord, that as I speak, let it be like the Lord's words himself. Come in and God, guard our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Let peace rule in every heart right now. And God, I pray as we we hear the word tonight, let it change our tomorrow. Let it change our week to come. Let it change the years and let it change our definition of what peace is. In Jesus' name, and the people of God said, amen. Amen. So I want to look at a passage of Scripture of John 11, uh, verses 1 to 7. Uh, You might know this Scripture, you may not. Uh, We're going to look at the life of someone called uh, Lazarus. Uh, His sisters were Martha and Mary uh, and Jesus. Essentially this story, and I've got two points tonight off this Scripture. It says this, uh, Now a man named Lazarus was sick. He was from Bethany. Bethany is a place, not a person. The village of Mary and her sister, Martha. This Mary, whose brother Lazarus now lay sick, was the same one who poured perfume on the Lord and wiped his feet with her hair. So the sisters sent word to Jesus, Lord, the one you love is sick. In other words, Lazarus is really sick. And when he heard this, Jesus said, this sickness will not end in death. No, it is for God's glory so that God's Son may be glorified through it. And this is actually referring to that, um, no, you know, I won't even spoil it for you. Now, Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So Jesus loved them. So, and get this, I love this follow-on statement. So Jesus loved these three people. So when he heard that Lazarus was sick, he stayed where he was for two more days. Almost like doesn't seem like Jesus, right? You know, we hear that Jesus is loving you know, he loves for people. And I don't know about you, and, and I kind of hope so as well. If you hear that a loved one is sick, usually the reaction is to go as fast as you can to the place of the person who is sick. But Jesus is like, I love them so much, so I stayed for two more days in the place that I was. And I'm like, okay, that, that doesn't sound right. If we're talking about Jesus here, but let's keep reading on. In verse 7 to finish, it says, And then he said to his disciples, Let us go back to Judea. And moving on to verses 17 and 21, this is what happens in the story. On his arrival, he's come to the place where Lazarus is sick. Jesus found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb for four days. Four days. He's dead. He's gone. Now, Bethany was less than two miles from Jerusalem, and many Jews had come to Martha and Mary to comfort them in the loss of their brother. When Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went out to meet him, but Mary stayed at home. Lord, Martha said to Jesus, this interaction with the person that Jesus loves. Martha, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Kind of a bit of a brutal story. It almost seems like Jesus is in this story, the bad guy. 
Uh, it gets better, and I'll, I'll spoil it for you. Uh, we'll read it later. But Jesus actually resurrects Lazarus from the dead. He was dead for four days, resurrects him. And he really revealed to both Mary, Martha, and I guess to Lazarus as well, that he was the God of resurrection, that he could actually reveal himself as that because he had not been known as that from that point onwards. But I want to kind of picture this around Jesus and Martha, this interaction. Can you imagine how annoyed and frustrated Martha would have been in this moment? It's like, Jesus, you knew how long it would have taken to get here and you deliberately decided to stay where you were and not come because we knew, and she's doing like the mass in her head. You know, one plus one equals two. Yep, so Jesus touching Lazarus' life, touching Lazarus equals a live brother. She's doing that mass in her head. It's like, this just makes sense. But Jesus didn't come because I don't know if you've walked this journey in Christianity a little bit, but have you ever found that doing life with God, sometimes God doesn't operate on your time. Sometimes God operates on his own time and he answers in it a different way and he does things a little bit different. And that brings me to my first point tonight, church, is that peace is walking the pace of Jesus. Peace is walking the pace of Jesus. You might be like, Nick, that, what does that have to do with absolutely anything when it comes to our peace? I'll show you. We believe that when we receive Jesus into our hearts, when we put our faith in Him, when we say, Jesus, we want to live for you and we want to walk our lives for you, that it's not just a belief system. It's not just a few things that we believe about church and people. No, no, it begins there and it's our foundation. But then we actually start walking a life that looks and lives like Jesus. And Martha had an idea that, Jesus, you should have been faster. You should have run. You should have been a jogger or you should have been a runner because you didn't come at the right time you were supposed to come. But Jesus had other plans. And I want to ask you, have you ever been there before in your own Christian walk? Where you're like, God, I've been praying for so long. Why haven't you done that yet? Or God, are you even hearing my prayers? I've been praying and I'm still dealing with this thing right now, but what is going on? I haven't seen an answer to prayer. And I believe that Martha was worried about her brother dying. And she received that worry even again because he did die. And I love what it says in Scripture. It says that Martha said to Jesus, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. And it actually says Mary went home, but Martha stayed at the tomb where Lazarus was dead. So I just picture for a few days, Martha's just like passive aggressive, angry, just like that Jesus, I'm telling you, I'm not going home until he gets here. When he gets here, oh, I'm going to give it to him. I'm telling you. And then he's like, there he is. Jesus, if you had been here, he wouldn't be dead. Call yourself the Savior and the Messiah. I reckon that she was semi-mad, if not passively, aggressively mad at Jesus. And I don't know if you can relate to this, but sometimes where your current pace of life isn't at the speed of Jesus, it can actually rob you of your peace. When are the times that you've been most frustrated or annoyed or angry at people? Has it been when you've got nothing else to do? Or has it been at the time that your current pace of life is so quick, so fast, that you need something in a second or you need to get to the next thing? It's kind of like 
where's my shirt? And I've had this, you know, happen in our household maybe once or twice. I'm like, where's my shirt? I really need that shirt. Like, I've got to go, like, right now. You know, and like, we might have an altercation. I'm like, oh, I don't know where your shirt is. Well, I need my shirt because I've got to go. Like, the next thing's going on. And it's like, oh, look, it's, it's in the wash. Well, if you've done the washing, then I might have this shirt. And, you know, and then, then you're definitely not living like Jesus right there. You've just gotten super angry, super frustrated. And guess what? You've actually lost your peace. But here's the deal, church. Your peace doesn't come at expense of the problem. Your peace actually came at expense from the pace. Because I could have this problem of, you know what? Oh, I've got 15 minutes. I've got an hour to spare to search for this shirt. If I had held my peace in that moment of trying to find a T-shirt, I would be completely fine and I could continue my day walking in peace. But it's actually the pace of our lives that can actually destroy the peace in our lives. And in this worried and hurried world, God calls his church not to live like the world. He actually says, be renewed and be transformed so you would live at a different pace that, does not, that the world does not operate at. If you've not realized lately, our world is so go, go, go. Go as fast as you can as hard as you can, for as long as you can. It's 24-7. It's don't take a rest. It's Gary V. hustle culture, if you know who that is. It's keep going. And I have been so guilty of hustle culture. And sometimes, church, we want the peace of God without the pace of Jesus. We want the peace of Jesus without the pace of Jesus. If you look in Scripture, do you know that Jesus walked everywhere? Like absolutely everywhere. When he did things, he did them slowly and very unhurried. He was not a person. And if you can just think of like a 21st century businessman that Jesus was back in the day where he's got like his AirPods in. And he's like, yeah, yep, yep. What did you need? Yep, miracle. Yeah, what was it? Yep, yep, yep. I've got to be... (laughs) Can you, can you hurry things up? Yep. Well, leg? Leg? Cool. Yep. Thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Cool. You good? Well, you want to talk more? Cool. Well, I've got to go. Yeah, I've got to leave you there. All right. What did you want? What did you want? Yep. Yeah, cool. Your, your daughter needs healing. Yeah, uh, I'll have to deal with it later. Yeah, cool. Yep. What did you want? What? You, come here. Come here. Yep. What? Talk, love. Come. Yeah, get it out. Okay. Do you think that's how Jesus was? No, no, no. I don't think that Jesus was hustle and vulture. Get it? Don't vulture. Hustle. Ah, sorry. Uh, hustle and vulture. Vulture. That's not a word. Hustle and bustle. There we go. That's what I was after. I don't think Jesus was ever hustle and bustle. There we go. 24-7. Get it done. No, no, no. The Scriptures teach us that God is slow, that He is unhurried. I love this. I was reading a book by um, this great guy that kind of talked about uh, living this life of Jesus. And, and his mentor actually came to him and he said, I want you to, in one word, just one word, he's like, you know, in his you know, late years, um, he was an Oxford professor. Like really, he knows his stuff. He'd been walking with Jesus all of his life. And he said, what is one word to describe Jesus? What is just one word? If you could put Jesus into one word. And, and this Oxford professor, so funny. But out of all the words you could use for Jesus, revivalist, revolutionary, faith-filled, God-centered, did the will of his Father. He said this, you know what I think Jesus was? 
He was unhurried. It was the one word. One word that he gave him was unhurried because you understand that his pace of life actually determined his peace in his life. And sometimes if we cave as Christians, we actually don't become the light of Jesus when we start living like the world's pace and we start getting angry and frustrated. God is calling all of us here tonight to another pace and it's to the pace of Jesus. And you might be like, well, Nick, I can't live as a first century rabbi. I like, I have kids. I have, you know, I've got a business. I've got all those things. And I think one really helpful way for you to do life in this new pace as we learn the kingdom of God is to not ask yourself this. We had in the 90s, uh, WWJD, what would Jesus do? I think that was great. I think it was helpful. But another way in, to frame it and to help you out with this journey is what would Jesus do if he were me? And to ask yourself the question, as I go to work today, because we all live, you know, we don't live in first century. Uh, we're not a first century rabbi doing the things that Jesus did. But we have an opportunity to go, okay, what would Jesus do in this moment if he were me right now? If, I, if, if he would be in my shoes as a doctor, as a lawyer, as a construction worker, as a uni student, if he were me, how would he operate? How would he do those things? And it's a great lens and framework to then view your life. We find this, that the gift of peace is wrapped up in the invitation of living the way of Jesus. It's a gift wrapped up and it's given to us by looking at the life of Jesus. I'll finish with this for this point. Psalm 103 verse eight says, the Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. How can you actually live the pace of Jesus? Some of us here today, we need to slow down. Some of you here tonight, you've been living too fast for the kingdom of God. You've actually been operating in another kingdom, the kingdom of this world. And God is saying to you tonight, Maybe you need to let go and maybe you're thinking of some things that you need to let go. And I would even encourage it. Maybe you need to let go of some of the things that are less important to the kingdom and you need to maintain the main things that are actually important to God and His kingdom. Maybe it actually means that you give up doing that thing on this week. Or maybe it means you give up that meeting you would usually go to. Or maybe it means you're going to do one less thing in your life. But guess what? God is more interested in who you're becoming than what you're doing. So if you're becoming more like Jesus, bang on. That's exactly where God wants you. And sometimes we're doing too much and we're operating out of the kingdom. Here's two more reflective questions for you. What does my current speed tell me or say about who or what I live for? And secondly, when people see you in your pace of life, do they think, and sorry, do you think they think of Jesus? When people see you and your pace of life, do they see someone who is centered, who is filled with peace? Or do they see someone just caving to the hustle and bustle, the pressure of the world? And there are things in life that living is great for. We can have peace. We can walk this out. And maybe some of you, you're like, you know what? I've got to change some things in my schedule. I need to live more like Jesus. But the thing is, and this is why it's really important, this second point, is that some things aren't in our control. And some things happen like a curveball in our lives where we want peace and we're living out the call of God like Jesus in this time. But some things happen out of nowhere where we're like, I can't believe that doctor's report said that. 
I can't believe that family member said that thing about me. I can't believe this, that, or the other. How do we have peace in those moments? Not just in the ones that we can control, but how do we have peace in the moments that we cannot control? And this is it. And I think it's one of the most powerful things that you can know. Hold peace every single day of your life. Peace is, yes, walking the pace of Jesus, but peace is knowing also the place of Jesus. Peace is knowing the pace. Jesus, slow down. I'm going to live my life like that. But also, peace is knowing the place of Jesus. And if you know the place of Jesus and where He's seated right now, you better believe that our God is not a deaf, lame, or dead God. He is the God that is seated at the right hand of the Father. In 1 Peter 3, it says, It saves you by the resurrection of Jesus Christ, who has gone into heaven and is at God's right hand with angels, authorities, and powers in submission to Him. Or in other words, the enemy is under Jesus' feet. Jesus has the final say and Jesus has you in His sights and He says that you are now victorious. 1 Corinthians, this is a personal favourite of mine, says this, Death has been swallowed up in victory. Where, O oh, death, is your victory? Where, O oh, death, is your sting? The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, He gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. I want to let you know that Jesus is seated on the throne, and He is victorious tonight. He is victorious. And when you not just know that with head knowledge, but you know that as a revelation that the God that you serve is 100% victorious, it actually gives you a Godfidence. It gives you confidence in God that whatever you go through or whatever curveball comes your way, you can stand knowing your position. I love this about the gospel, that Jesus' position becomes your position. Or in other words, wherever Jesus is, you now get to claim for your own life. As a Christ follower, you get all the benefits. And I believe this, wherever Jesus' position is, it actually becomes your transformation. Or in other words, where you didn't have peace before you knew Jesus, and maybe you're here tonight and you don't know Jesus. Hey, if there's any reason to know Jesus tonight, I wanna let you know there's a supernatural grace and peace that you can have that you can't find anywhere else. The government can't give it to you. A beach holiday can't give it to you. There is only a supernatural peace found in Jesus and it's knowing the position of where He stands. We believe that God, our God, the God that we serve is omnipotent, He's omniscient and He's omnipresent. And all this really means is that He's all-knowing, He's all-powerful and He's all-present. And this means, church, that when those curveballs come your way, when the doctor's report happens, when that thing comes in, even in a midweek scenario and you're like, I don't know how I'm gonna pay that right now. I just don't know. If he's all-knowing, it means he sees you. If he's all-powerful, it means he can help you. And if he's all-present, it means that he will always be with you. Our God that we serve sits on the throne, meaning that, Whatever you go through, whether you're thrown in prison, whether you get the doctor's report, whether you end up with zero dollars at the end of the day, you can stand not on your own position, 
but you can stand on the position of Jesus saying, you've won the victory, you are for me and you are with me and you will come through for me. I've found this, that the world operates in situational peace, whereas the Christ follower operates in holding peace. Situational peace is what Martha went through, where she said, Lazarus is dead. Finito, gone. Other syllables for dead. It's dead. This is my situation right now, so it's over. But the Christian and the believer does not hold to situational peace. If we held to that, we'd be up and down like a roller coaster every single day. But Christ calls us not to situational peace, but holding peace. You know what holding peace is? It's trusting the nature and the Word of God. Because the Word of God, it has the final say every single day. The Word of God has the final say. It's the greatest promise for any believer that you can hold to the things of Jesus and what He has done even when you don't know what the outcome is going to be like. You can hold to this. I love this. John 14, 26, and I'll invite the creative team to come up. says this, But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, He will teach you all things and bring you to your, your remembrance all that I've said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you, not as the world gives to you. Let not your hearts be troubled. Neither let them be afraid. It's not wishful thinking or it's not a lofty thought to think that you can have peace in every circumstance of your life. But it's gonna mean something from you. It's gonna mean you turning to God in every circumstance. That's the expense. The expense for our peace will come at our pace, yes, but it'll actually come at the expense of us spending time in His presence. Because it's not unless you know Him that you'll be able to experience all He has for you. If you've been a a Christian that's only kind of touched the surface things of God, you're not going to know the God of peace for yourself. But you can only come into the peace of God by knowing who the God of peace is. And tonight is a moment for us not to go, oh yeah, I've heard about that God of peace. But no, actually to experience and to know for ourselves through faith, no God, you are the God of peace. And you are with me and you will always be with me. I'll finish with this. There's been many times in my life, and I'm only young, I know there's older people in this place and probably done life with Jesus a lot longer than me, but I have had so many moments in my life where I didn't have peace. I was anxious about a bank account, or I was anxious about relationships. Man, I had a whirlwind happen in 2017 with relationship breakdown that almost brought me to a place of, Real, just, just bad things, uh, like, like just my headspace and where I was going. And in this place where the world would say, oh yeah, yeah, just like, you know, go see a doctor, uh, you know, probably get on some medication because like you're in a real deep place right now, real dark place that isn't good. Where the world would try and medicate, where the world would just say, oh, this is the answer. I wanna let you know that coming into the presence of God was my only solution. Coming into the presence of God was the only hope I found. And it didn't make sense. This is why I love that verse that says, He will give you peace that surpasses your understanding. You might be in a waiting season right now, or you might be in a season where it's like, it doesn't make sense to have peace right now. 
I want to let you know in this moment right now, God desires to fill you with peace. Because I was in a valley and I was in a dark depth, like my heart had been torn in two. And in this moment that I felt that all was lost and I couldn't see anything, I, I can't even begin to communicate to you the love and the joy and the peace of Christ that I had in my heart in this terrible season I had in my life. To the point, church, where I literally had a smile from ear to ear every single day and it did not make sense. Like I literally would get up every morning, uh, these lies saying that this should happen and you should be feeling like this. But I was getting up into God's presence and his joy and his peace was filling my mind saying, Nick, you're gonna be okay. Nick, I'm holding you. Nick, you will never be afraid. Nick, do not let your heart be troubled because guess what? You don't need anything from this world because guess what? You've got me and that's all that matters. And tonight, church, you might be in that same season right now. Or guess what? You might not be right now, but there might be a time where you are in it. God doesn't just give an easy life to people who follow Him. I'd actually say that sometimes He actually places moments that would create and cause in us a moment to get into His presence so that He can reveal to you that the peace of God is found in the God of peace so that you would know Him more. So can I encourage you, how do we have peace that's in control and out of our control? How do we have a shalom-like peace that we can have every single day of every single moment, moment, disregarding every single thing that could kind of happen to us? One, we've got to live in the pace of God. Are you living at God's rhythm or are you doing too much, friend? And secondly, you've got to know the place of God. He's seated, he is seated at the right hand of the Father. He is victorious, which means you're victorious. Come on, why don't we pray right now? Lord, I thank you, God, for every person here tonight. I thank you, God, that whether they feel victorious or not, Lord, they are victorious because of what you have done for them. I pray, God, any anxious heart right now, I pray your soothing presence is just pouring out over them, that they would know the surpassing peace of God I pray right now that where uh, that verse in Colossians 3 says, and the peace of God that rules, rules the hearts of men. I pray, God, right now, would you rule every heart with peace? I pray, God, as tomorrow comes and decisions need to be made. I pray, God, as university continues. I pray, God, as the workplace happens for so many people in this place, they're going to go in with your supernatural and powerful peace. I pray, God, you'd be with them in Jesus' name. 